Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Last Saturday, our family went to the Hemlock Fair, the Demolition Derby. You see a lot of interesting things at the fair. Early on, Laura and I, we learned that with parenting, when it comes to to sex education, we just have to take our kids to the Hemlock Fair and they could see the t-shirts and (laughs) we're off the hook. Just kidding. You know what I did see at the Hemlock Fair were a lot of shirts that were blue and red and white and had the name Allen on the back. Josh Allen. Ray Dean's a Buffalo Bills fan. Nope. Nope. David is a Buffalo Bills fan. Lots of people with that shirt on, that, that, that name must mean something to them. He's related to Hugh and Darlene Allen. <laughs> Maybe they wear that shirt because they have hope. Maybe there's a Super Bowl in the future. Or maybe there's inspiration. That name means something. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Then we're going to skip to chapter 4 and reread verses 5 to 12. And if you're able, would you stand once more? It's the next to the last time you'll have to stand. We'll stand in reverence as we read God's word together. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man, crippled from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those people going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So, 
the man gave him them his attention, expecting to get something from him. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Might get your attention, huh? Somebody you've seen all those years, crippled from birth, jumping and praising God. Let me fill in the blank that we skipped over. Peter gives a message. And he lets everybody know it was in whose name? This man was healed? In the name of Jesus. The authorities of the time didn't like that that name was being preached. So they have to report Peter and John do for what had happened. And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter 4, verse 5. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men from the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name... Did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called into account for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Jesus, we praise your name this morning for the power that's in your name. There is no other name in which we can be saved. You are our only hope. And we praise you for loving us and dying on a cross for our sins so that we could be made right with the Father and enjoy a right relationship with Him as we walk this earth. 
with you, Jesus, with you, Holy Spirit, filling us, leading us, guiding us, directing us. And we look forward to life eternal with you and all your people. As we walk this earth, may we not be ashamed of your name. May we wear it well and bring you glory. Glory to your name, Jesus. I pray these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Does that name mean anything to me? Does that name mean anything? To you. If it does, and by faith in Him you are a Christian, then you wear His name every day. We wear His name. In our Wednesday night Bible study, Acts chapter 11, we learned that it was in Antioch that followers of Jesus were first called. Christians. See how we wear his name? We call ourselves a Christian. And then let me read to you 1 Peter chapter 4, and you can follow along. There's only three times in the Bible we see that word, that name for followers. Christian. Acts 11. Later on in Acts, when Paul's speaking to one of the governors or Bigwigs, I can't remember which one. That bigwig says, come on, Paul, in this short a time, are you trying to make me a Christian? And then the other time we read that word is in 1 Peter chapter 4. I want to read to you verses 10 to 16. If anyone speaks... He should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with all the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, the power, forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and God rests on you. If you suffer It should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. Let me give you a heads up. 
I'm going to be negative this morning. The words no and don't may be used liberally. The joke at our house sometimes is negative Nathaniel. My blood type is O negative. Laura is O positive. The joke is that fits us well. Many people forget that we had a war in the 1980s and early 90s. Kids, teenagers, I don't even know if they teach about this in school anymore. I don't know. They taught about it when we were in school. It was the war on drugs. And Nancy Reagan, the first lady, came up with the program, Just Say No. Nowadays, yes is said for anything and everything. God forbid we say no and hurt somebody's feelings. As the scripture says, everything is permissible. But no is necessary. No is a complete sentence. Sometimes no is how the Holy Spirit keeps us clean. I like how Paul puts it in in, uh, Titus. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives In this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Sometimes no is necessary. It was necessary for this morning because I edited two points. It was a three-point message. I had to say no to two of them. They're still worth making, so they're worth mentioning. Here's the first. Jesus. Jesus Christ. If that name means anything to you, Don't use it for personal gain. You might be thinking, oh, I I don't use it to write books or make money or anything like that. Sometimes people use his name for that. Sometimes people use his name or God's name or the Holy Spirit's name for attention. To win the favor of others. To look good in front of others. Or to appear religious or holy. That's a misuse of the name of Jesus. 
or God. That's using His name to bring glory on ourselves and not Him. So if that name means anything to you or to me, we don't use it for personal gain. Here's the second point that I edited. If that name means anything to you, don't use it as a profanity. OMG. Oh, I must be uh, stepping on toes or upsetting. Scripture is pretty clear to not use coarse language. Sometimes people like to use coarse language with taking the Lord's name in vain. That's a misuse. If the name of the Lord really means something to us, why would we take it in vain? I could edit those two points because there's not much more to say that can be said about those two things. Here's the third point. If that name means anything to you, don't be ashamed of his name. In what we read this morning, Acts chapter 3 verse 6 Peter said to the crippled beggar, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. There's power in his name, isn't there? did a quick study and refresher in preparation for this morning, all that we have in Jesus' name. We are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Great Commission, huh? Matthew chapter 28. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of We see early on in Jesus' ministry, Mark chapter 9, that demons and evil spirits are driven out in his name. Miracles are performed in his name. Luke chapter 9 tells us that children are to be welcomed in his name. We go to the Gospel of John. And the beloved disciple tells us that by believing in his name, we become children of God. You know, there's a misnomer out there that everybody in this world is God's children. That doesn't line up with what this scripture said. That's God's desire. That all would be his children. He died, Jesus did, so that whosoever believes in him. But John is pretty clear in chapter 1 
that by believing in His name, we become children of God. If you go to John 3.18, we know where John 3.16 is. I just quoted it a little. But John 3.18 says, Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. We pray in His name. And Jesus taught us to do that in John chapter 14, verses 13 to 14. Anything you ask in my name will be given to you, is what he says. In John chapter 17, we find we have protection in his name. John chapter 20, 31, we find we have life in his name. Peter and John made it clear before the Sanhedrin and all the people of Israel is by the name of Jesus that that crippled beggar stood before them healed. And we are saved by his name. Salvation is found in no other name. That name means anything to us. We can be proud of it. Not ashamed. Because there's power in His name. Glory in His name. For almost 140 years now, that hymn, Glory to His Name, has been a favorite of believers who desire to bring Him glory and praise. The Lord who wrought in us. There's an old-timey word. I better translate for those whippersnappers. Brought to us. The Lord brought to us the wonderful work of salvation. And the transformational work that only He can do in our lives when we are submitted to Him. Elisha Hoffman was the name of the guy who wrote this hymn. He wrote just as many hymns as Charles Wesley. And he only lived three and a half hours from here. Orwigsburg, Pennsylvania. I'm guessing Jenny Heckman might be the only person who might know where that is. I had to look it up. It's kind of in between State College, Pennsylvania and Harrisburg. Looks like a podunk little area of Pennsylvania. But Elisha Hoffman, he was the son of a preacher man. His dad was a minister in the Evangelical Association and was faithful in preaching the word for over 60 years. Now Hoffman, even though he wrote over a thousand hymns, no, pardon me, he wrote over 2,000 hymns, that's what was surprising. He's wrote, he wrote as much or more hymns than Charles Wesley. Even though he wrote all those hymns, his musical education was kind of limited. 
He didn't have any formal training. But his mom and dad worshipped at home. They were musical people. His first impressions of music came when his parents would sing and they would do that morning and evening. And it was during these times that he developed a love for music and a love for praising the Lord. And he said that it kind of became, that worship kind of became a natural function of his life and his soul. Isn't that a, a good example of how worship isn't just something we do on Sunday morning? It's the spiritual act of worship, the living sacrifice we make every day and wherever we are as we wear his name. Well, under that influence of his family, he came to use the gifts that God given him in expressing words and song. He wrote his first song at the age of 18, and I used one of his. Normally, I don't make suggestions to the praise team. But when Reagan was leading music, he, she asked Pastor Dad, what should I sing? Leaning on the everlasting arms, I suggested. And that's one that Elisha Hoffman wrote. He also wrote, Are You Washed in the Blood? I Must Tell Jesus. And is your all on the altar? When he wasn't busy writing songs, he was editing other people's songs. He edited about 50 songbooks in his life. The thing about Elisha Hoffman is many of his hymns express the reality of how the sacrifice of Christ on the cross should impact our lives, should change us. When Jesus' blood is applied to our sinful lives, we are forgiven and cleansed. We are saved from sin, and He abides within. And as you'll hear in the hymn, He saves us and keeps us clean. Glory to his name. Hoffman wrote this hymn to acknowledge Jesus and his powerful name. And how that name meant everything to him. Does his name mean anything to you? Does his name mean everything to you? I hope this song is your testimony. And song of praise today. If it isn't, listen to the words of the fourth verse. Because we're going old school and singing all four. Oftentimes a song leader will say, sing verses one, two, and four of this hymn. And that third verse gets left out. We're singing all of them this morning. 
But if he isn't your savior, and you haven't said yes, I've decided to follow Jesus. Listen to verse 4 and come to him today. He will cleanse you. And maybe you need to let go and let him change you completely. Not for your glory, but for the glory of his name. Paula and Kathy and Dean would come. Hymn number 242. After we sing this hymn, we'll do the doxology, since Paula's up here, and then I have a benediction for you. Would you stand, I'll say a prayer with us, and then we'll sing glory to his name. Lord, thank you for this time we've had in worship this morning. But may the worship not end today. May our lives glorify you in your name. And Lord, somehow, some way, your Holy Spirit lives in us and fills us and keeps us clean. But it's tempting to run from the conviction when the Spirit's trying to keep us clean. Find us humble willing to submit, seek forgiveness, repent, and keep clean. Bless us in our walk with you, that we may glorify you. And if there's someone here this morning, Holy Spirit, maybe you're tugging at their heart to say to them, today is your day of salvation. Today's the day you trust me with your life and find forgiveness of your sins. You came in old. You're going to leave new. May they say, Jesus, I believe in you and your name. And I want to walk in relationship with you. I ask you to come into my heart and my life and make me new today. Forgive me my sins and help me live for you and follow you. We love you, Lord. May our lives bring glory to your name.
Standing, let's sing the doxology. Now go, go, Christians, and wear that name like it means something to you. You're dismissed. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.